everyone, this is Dr. Gayla. Welcome to your Health Connection. It's great to be with you. This podcast is designed to give you natural solutions to your health problems based upon my 35 years of experience as a functional medicine practitioner. I love helping individuals experiencing complicated conditions when nothing else has worked. Each week, I'll be giving you health tips and strategies that you can implement to improve your health and function at your best. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Today, we'll be looking at some of the reported possible underlying causes of Parkinson's disease and how addressing these triggers may not only prevent the onset of the disease, but could improve the quality of life, slow the progression, or even potentially reverse some of the disease processes. Close to 1 million Americans suffer with this devastating illness. Some of the findings seen in Parkinson's include, one, a gradual loss of the nerve cells in the brain that produce the brain chemical or neurotransmitter known as dopamine. Two, a dysfunction of the mitochondria. These are the chemical furnaces inside of all of our cells that turn energy from food into energy that is used by our cells. Three, an accumulation of malformed proteins in the nerve cells. Four, inflammation in the brain. And five, oxidative stress. This is an imbalance in the amount of free radicals or chemical bullets that either damage or kill cells and the antioxidants in our body, A, C, E. These normally neutralize these free radicals, which are like chemical billets. But if there's a deficiency, free radicals can cause severe damage or death to our cells. A combination of these factors damage the central nervous system and impair motor function leading to the symptoms of Parkinson's including tremors, stiffness, reduced facial expression, difficulty standing, walking, or speaking, constipation, and dementia. Let's look at possible underlying causes of Parkinson's as reported in the literature. In functional medicine, we always begin by evaluating for gut dysfunction. The gut-brain access, a two-way communication system between the nervous system of the gut and the central nervous system, is intimately involved in the Parkinson's disease process. A study published in April 2019 in the journal Frontiers of Neuroscience reports that malformed proteins called alpha-synucleins are deposited in the gastrointestinal nerves up to 20 years before the onset of Parkinson's, suggesting that the gut may be ground zero in the development of Parkinson's. Chronic constipation has long been recognized as an early sign of Parkinson's, beginning before the onset of motor symptoms by many years. The malformed protein spreads from the gut to the brain. Research has supported this theory because severing the nerve that connects the brain and intestine reduces the risk of Parkinson's. Evidence reported in the May 2019 issue of the Journal of Movement Disorders reveals that accumulation of malformed proteins in the gut may be triggered by changes in the gut microbial balance or the balance of bacteria in the gut. Gut dysbiosis or an imbalance in the number and types of microbes in the gut triggers inflammation-induced misfolding of of alpha-synuclein and gastrointestinal nerves, which then link up with other nerves along the gut-brain axis and eventually lead to the onset of Parkinson's. Some of the patterns of gut dysfunction seen in Parkinson's include elevated levels of inflammatory bacteria, and lower levels of the anti-inflammatory bacteria, the good bacteria. 
We also see small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or SIBO. I welcome you to listen to podcast number three if you like detailed information about SIBO and gut health. Also, we see H. pylori infection, which is the bacteria that causes ulcers. Increased intestinal permeability, or leaky gut, a digestive condition in which bacteria and toxins are able to actually leak through the intestinal wall and into the blood. Leaky gut occurs when cracks or holes develop in the lining of the intestinal tract and allow toxins and other unwanted particles to pass from the gut into the blood, and this creates an immune reaction. And I discuss this thoroughly in podcast number three where we discuss health problems. When gut dysbiosis is present, we see an elevation in the production of something called lipopolysaccharides, or LPS. This is an inflammatory byproduct of bacteria. LPS can move through a leaky gut into the bloodstream and into the brain where it can cause inflammation and lead to a loss of the dopamine-producing nerves. Chronic inflammation can lead to the development of autoimmunity, a scenario in which the immune system goes haywire and begins to attack the healthy cells of the body. A recent study published in Nature provides direct evidence that autoimmunity contributes to Parkinson's. The researchers found that fragments of the alpha-C-nuclein caused the body's immune system to mistakenly recognize dopamine-producing neurons as foreign bodies and destroy them. Discovering and correcting autoimmunity is incredibly important in preventing or addressing Parkinson's. I'd like to discuss a 52-year-old patient who came into my office in 2017. He was suffering with severe bloating, constipation, acid reflux, fatigue, insomnia, depression, and he'd been recently diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. I do not treat Parkinson's disease, but I wanted to help him with some of his other issues. So I recommended that he follow an anti-inflammatory, allergy-free diet, and I ordered DNA stool test. His stool test results showed a very high level of the parasite Giardia, very high, like millions. He also had high levels of E. coli and several other bacterial pathogens, as well as several fungal forms. He had very high levels of viruses, and his immune system was very compromised. He had a leaky gut and intestinal dysbiosis, which is an imbalance between the good and bad bacteria in the gut. He'd lived in Peru for two years when he was in his early 20s, and he'd contracted Giardia. He was treated, but he was never retested to make sure that they had completely eradicated it. What's interesting about this case is that he'd been living with undiagnosed Giardia for 30 years, and he'd been diagnosed with Parkinson's. Toxins released from parasites have been linked to autoimmune disease, particularly with neurological autoimmune processes. These toxins commonly find a way to disrupt the intestinal nervous system, the nerves of the body, and the brain. One of the reasons the Giardia had been missed is because he'd not had the typical diarrhea associated with Giardia. He was actually constipated because he'd been taking opioid painkillers for years to address the severe pain that he suffered due to a crush injury to his chest. It's quite possible that the untreated Giardia and gut dysbiosis may have contributed to the development of Parkinson. Let's continue looking at possible underlying triggers that have been reported in the medical literature. A recent study published in the April 2020 issue of Nature Communications 
provides evidence that signs of autoimmunity can appear in Parkinson's disease years before the official diagnosis. Because autoimmune dysfunction can result from not addressing and treating intestinal dysbiosis or leaky gut, it's very important to identify and correct any underlying gut dysfunction. Studies have shown a link between exposure to pesticides and the incidence of Parkinson's. A study published in the February 2014 issue of the journal Neurology noted that toxins from pesticides can increase the risk by up to six times. The study clearly revealed that seven toxic pesticides inhibit an enzyme that affects the dopamine cells linked to the development of Parkinson's. Pesticides are found in the foods we eat that have been sprayed with these toxic substances and are also found in parks and golf courses. They're also found in common pesticide control agents used in offices and homes. The scientists reported that the pesticides caused an inhibition of the enzyme at far lower levels than the allowable current safety standards. There's a suggestion that exposure to various metals may be related to the development of Parkinson's. A study published in the November 2001 Journal of Biological Chemistry found a possible connection between Parkinson's and heavy metal exposure and cites that occupational exposure to metals, especially manganese, copper, lead, mercury, iron, zinc, and aluminum, appears to be a risk factor for Parkinson's. The article indicates that low concentrations of some metals can directly cause an accumulation of malformed proteins in the nerve cells. High concentrations of iron have been associated with oxidative damage to all body tissues, including the brain, and people with Parkinson's have high brain iron levels. This suggests that iron-induced oxidative stress may play a role in the disease process. Dr. Ron Grisanti discussed the case review of a 71-year-old male who came to him suffering with a mild to moderate hand tremor. He ordered the RBC urethrocyte toxic elements test to rule out heavy metal toxicity. This patient's results showed very high levels of aluminum. So the patient received chelation therapy to remove the aluminum, took several different nutritional supplements, and he actually experienced a 75% improvement of his hand tremor. Solvents are another potential trigger. Trichloroethylene, a solvent, has been used in many industrial settings, such as metal degreasing and dry cleaning and in paint thinners and detergents. Some studies have shown a link between long-term exposure to solvents and the development of Parkinson's. Chronic stress is a risk factor for Parkinson's because stress elevates the hormone cortisol, promoting a pro-inflammatory state that can kill dopamine-producing nerve cells in the brain. Stress has been shown to exacerbate Parkinson's-related motor dysfunction. Chronic insomnia is associated with an increased risk of Parkinson's, and abnormal sleep-wake cycles can worsen the symptoms. This means you're waking up several times per night. Blood sugar problems such as insulin resistance can cause the proteins circulated in the body to become damaged and cause damage to the nerve cells in the brain. Let's look at some of the tests that I recommend asking your doctor to order if you've recently been diagnosed with Parkinson's, or if you're looking to avoid developing this devastating disease. The first test that I always recommend is a DNA stool test. And the one that I recommend is called the GI map. This test is amazing because it identifies several different bacterial pathogens, parasites, any worms. 
it gives a marker for um, how well you're breaking down your food, your pancreatic enzyme level. Uh, it tells how well you're breaking down your fats. It tells how much inflammation is in your intestinal tract. It also has a marker for the amount of immunity in your intestinal tract. It's just a great overall test. Another one that I definitely recommend is the Toxic Element Clearance Profile. This one identifies heavy metals in your body, uh, if they're high or, or normal, and it also gives us a, a measure of your mineral balance. I also recommend the Dutch Adrenal Stress Test to check your cortisol levels. The GPL Tox Profile, this one screens for the presence of 173 different toxic chemicals, including pesticides, benzene, insecticides, and many more. It also has a marker for dysfunction of the mitochondria. Those are the little furnaces inside your cells that produce oxygen and energy. Um, dysfunction in the mitochondria can result from mutations caused by exposure to toxic chemicals, infections, inflammation, and nutritional deficiencies. The Genova Organic Acids Urine Test is a great test for determining the status of your vitamins and minerals, oxidative damage, neurotransmitter status, and it has several other markers. I also recommend having your doctor check plasma fatty acids because low levels of EPA and DHA increase the risk for degeneration of nerve cells. Check your erythrocyte glutathione levels because glutathione is one of the most potent antioxidants in the body and low levels can cause the brain to become more susceptible to damage from neurotoxins. I also recommend asking your doctor to do a comprehensive blood panel. Add fast, fasting insulin to check for insulin resistance, and check your levels of CRP or C-reactive protein, ESR or erythrocyte sedimentation rate, rate <laughs> and ANA. These all check for autoimmunity. Also check your vitamin D levels because low levels have been associated with Parkinson's. So let's go over what you can do to prevent Parkinson's disease and protect tissue from further damage. My first recommendation is to follow an anti-inflammatory diet based on whole nutrient-dense foods. Your plate should consist of 60 to 70% organic vegetables, low-sugar fruits, nuts and seeds, wild-caught fish, olive oil, coconut oil, lots of fresh herbs and spices. Studies published in the 27, 2007 issue of the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition and in the 2011 issue of Nutritional Neuroscience showed that following these guidelines was associated with a reduced risk of developing Parkinson's and slower disease progression. Several studies have found that people with Parkinson's have much lower levels of a species of bacteria called Prevotella. This is a type thought to be good for maintaining gut health, and Parkinson's patients have higher levels of a bacteria associated with inflammation. Studies have shown that eating a Mediterranean or whole food plant-based diet creates an environment where Prevotella and other healthy bacteria can flourish. Fiber and other components of whole plant foods are sometimes referred to as prebiotics because they feed the good bacteria in the gut which may be beneficial for people with Parkinson's. Supplements can play an essential role in preventing and supporting Parkinson's patients. Parkinson's is associated with deficiencies of several vitamins, so it's important to check levels and replenish any deficiencies. Vitamin D deficiency is associated with an increased risk of Parkinson's. 
Because high amounts of vitamin D receptors are in the part of the brain most affected by Parkinson's, it's important to check and make sure that your vitamin D levels are normal. They should be between 50 to 70 because vitamin D lessens the severity of autoimmunity and regulates proteins that are important for the function and survival of nerve cells. Omega-3 fatty acids like EPA and DHA are critical for normal brain development and function, and low levels of EPA and DHA increase the risk of degeneration of nerve cells. According to a 2008 study published in the Journal of Affective Disorders, supplementing with EPA and DHA can help reduce nerve cell death, alleviate inflammation of nerve cells, boost antioxidant enzymes, and relieve motor symptoms in Parkinson's. Glutathione is also very important for improving the health of the brain and nerve cells. It's also important for removing cellular waste products, reducing oxidative damage, and improving immune function. Studies have shown that deficiencies in the B vitamins, especially B1, B6, and B12, in Parkinson's patients. These B vitamins are essential for the maintenance of a healthy nervous system. It's really best to take a balanced B50 so that you get all of your B vitamins in a balanced formula. CoQ10 is needed for the cells to make energy, and it's thought to be very helpful because Parkinson's patients have impaired function in mitochondria. That's that chemical furnace inside your cells that produces energy. Patients in groups receiving daily coenzyme Q10 doses of 300 milligrams and 600 milligrams experienced reduced rates of deterioration about 20% slower than those receiving a placebo. That's significant. So taking CoQ10 is really important. Uh, Curcumin, one of the most potent anti-inflammatory herbals, has been shown to protect the brain, reduce inflammation, and prevent dementia. Frequent consumption of green tea, which is rich in polyphenols, is also associated with a reduced risk of Parkinson's. And probiotics have been shown to relieve constipation, improve antioxidant status, and are important for overall gut health. Prebiotics, which is the fiber in whole food plants that feeds the good bacteria in the gut, is also very important. It may be beneficial for Parkinson's patients because feeding the good bacteria has been shown to increase a protein important for neuronal protection, survival, and plasticity. After restoring gut health, a metabolic detoxification program may be helpful in removing toxins from the cells and improving the detoxification pathways in the liver. A recently published study from Brazilian researchers showed that CBD... Um, reduced anxiety and tremors that occurred during a public speaking test for people over 60 with Parkinson's. Subjects who took 300 milligrams of CBD before giving a speech had less symptoms than a control group who were given a placebo. CBD is demonstrating relief for tremors, psychosis, and problems sleeping. CBD may also reduce depression and anxiety and relieve pain. A study at the Colorado School of Medicine has demonstrated relief of issues including tremors and difficulty sleeping. CBD studies are also showing it as effective in treating the psychosis that comes with Parkinson's. So far, patients are tolerant of low doses of CBD oil and report positive effects. Numerous other studies echo CBD's benefits. Substantial evidence indicates that physical exercise inhibits the progression of Parkinson's by enhancing neuroplasticity and promoting the growth of neurons. 
Aerobic exercise seemed to ha- seems to have the best effects on brain health and Parkinson's progression. It's so important to reduce your stress because tremor in particular tends to worsen when a person is anxious or under stress. And all of the symptoms of Parkinson's, including slowness, stiffness, and balance problems can worsen with stress. I invite you to listen to my podcast on anxiety and depression for more tips on how to deal with that. Some of the best ways for reducing stress include exercise, uh, keeping a journal, and just going over how what you're grateful for every day can really be elevating. Also, neurofeedback is great for reducing stress. And I recommend watching YouTube videos of something called The Three Principles. If you just Google or type into YouTube The Three Principles, um, it's been awesome for my husband and I. We've been listening or watching these YouTubes for the last couple years, and it, it's just been life-changing in a positive way. Also, spending time in nature. All of these activities can reduce stress and improve your brain function. I thank you so much for listening. If you'd like a one-on-one consultation, please visit me at drgala.com. That's D-R-G-A-I-L-A.com. Thanks again.